scripture I'll be preaching on this morning does come from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a drink from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Um, I sense that this is going to make me emotional. Um, there's, there's this saying or, or joke or stereotype, but it rings true, um, that we often will write and preach the sermon we need to hear. Um, and the Spirit really blessed me with um, this word this week. So bear with me uh, when I do get emotional. Not if, just, just when. It's going to happen. Um, and I, I hope it will bless you all as well. We don't always hear from Revelation in a sermon. And I'm grateful to get to preach on this special passage today. When I mentioned I was preaching Revelation this week, a few different people I talked to, including Thomas, made that, ooh, oh no, kind of face. Revelation can be a difficult book to read and discuss, even in small groups, and it can be harder to sift through all the symbolism of scrolls and trumpets and horses in a sermon. Uh, for better or for worse, we're going to skip over all of that today. Today, we focus on the very end, the end of the visions, the end of the book, the end of the Bible. There's only one more chapter in the Bible after this one. This will be the end of time. The Bible is not a novel or a mystery story that is ruined by reading the ending first. Nearly everyone knows the story of Jesus before they read the Bible, but even the earliest Christians proclaimed Jesus is risen before they ever passed out a Bible, before they 
wrote any of this down. But knowing the ending is the reason we return to the Bible every day. When we come to the ending, what do we find? We're going to get through it. (laughs) In this vision of the new heaven and the new earth. Thank you, Shirley. (laughs) It's just so beautiful. (laughs) Thanks. In this vision of the new heaven and the new earth, John names things God will take care of, like mourning and crying and pain. As people, we are no strangers to mourning and crying and pain. We know mourning. Church leaders get sick and pass away after years of faithful service. A parent's body grows old and gives in to eternal rest with God. A white supremacist attacks a grocery store. Communities are left behind, devastated to remember all their loved ones taught them and gave them. Sometimes, like in the case of Lazarus or Jesus or Tabitha, there's resurrection. The community rejoices in having their person back, if only for a little bit longer. Other times, resurrection doesn't come. We know crying. (laughs) We shed tears of sadness, grief, even anger or frustration when there are no words strong enough to express the big emotions welling up inside us. Your face gets red and blotchy. Your eyes bloodshot. Your eyelids get puffy. You get a lump in your throat and your voice cracks when you try to speak. You scrub or blow your nose so you don't end up with snot running down your face. After a while, even the biggest of crying jags slows down and stops. You clear your throat and wipe your eyes with your hands or your sleeve or maybe a soft tissue. It wasn't your first cry, and it won't be your last. And we know pain. You fall and break a bone or burn your hand on a hot stove. Or maybe your pain is long-lasting, like chronic migraines or arthritis. Maybe you've felt a pain that comes and goes, 
Or maybe it's one so severe that it makes everyday tasks difficult. Some pain can be managed by medicine, surgery, physical therapy, but we don't get out of this life without experiencing some kind of pain. And it may not feel like it in the heat of the moment, but all of these are temporary. Suffering is temporary. Sickness is temporary. We try to fight against our humanness when these things come up. We strive for perfection, perfect health, or wealth, or life without any regrets, family or friends, or a career that will make us feel complete. But our humanness and sin, they get in the way. Maybe this morning you're struggling with an illness, chronic back pain, or a cough you can't shake, or insomnia night after night. Maybe you made a mistake with a client at work or snapped a hurtful comment at the partner you vowed to love and cherish and honor. Maybe you feel stuck in anger or grief or loneliness or addiction and you can't find your way out. And of course, we all suffer from unjust systems and human betrayal. In this life, we are going to get sick. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to feel incomplete. We can trust that God is with us in those places. God is with you here and now in the grief, in the pain. God is with you in the illness or the regret. In the message translation of this scripture, it says that God moved into the neighborhood. Even now, God is as close to us as the garden next door. And we can rest assured that there will come a day when God will make all things new. My therapist and I have been talking a bit about the serenity prayer written in the 1930s and popularized by Alcoholics Anonymous, the serenity prayer is often abbreviated to God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. However, there is a second stanza I love. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, Accepting hardship as the pathway to peace. Taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. That second stanza, especially the line, trusting that you will make all things right, gives me comfort and hope. 
Everything in this life is temporary. But even the temporary points us toward the eternal. When God will do what only God can do. Bringing about a new heaven and a new earth. And the heart of Christianity is that it's never about what we do. It's about what God does. The community of God's people doesn't spring up from our activity. It comes from God. God is with us in our suffering. And even in the midst of these problems, God is transforming us too. Whether we know it or not. When we remember our ultimate hope is in Christ, the Holy Spirit works within us to restore our souls and heal our hearts. We don't have to strive for a perfect life. We can recognize our humanness and trust God to do what we can't do for ourselves. We trust God to do what only God can do. Now and when that new heaven and new earth come. It can be hard to imagine right now. But there will be no more death. No more mourning. No more crying. No more pain. God delivered Noah from the flood. Delivered the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. Delivered Jesus from temptation in the wilderness. And in the new heaven and new earth, God will be faithful to deliver us from mourning and crying and pain. And I believe this no more pain is about more than physical pain or even emotional pain. No more pain means all people are delivered from sin. Delivered from our individual and collective bondage to violence, power, fear, greed, and hate. We receive a taste of salvation like the thirsty receiving water from the spring of life. Last week, we talked about little deaths and resurrection. How words of life can bring someone's spirit back from the dead. Don't underestimate how God can use you until this new heaven and earth come. Using all that we have to praise God and share God's love not only fulfills the command to love others, but also brings about glimpses of the new heaven and new earth. While we are waiting for this new heaven and new earth, we can live full lives by loving one another. We can turn from sin. We can be made new. We can trust in the slow work of God. We can be early, small signs of what's coming. A woman was diagnosed with a terminal illness and given just a few months to live. She asked her pastor to come to her home and discuss her final wishes. She told her which songs she wanted sung at her funeral and what scriptures to read and what outfit she wanted to be buried in. And then she said, one more thing. I want to be buried with a fork in my hand. The pastor was surprised. 
And the woman explained, in all my years of attending church socials and potluck dinners, I always remember that when the dishes of the main course were being cleared, someone would inevitably lean over and say, keep your fork, something better is coming. It was my favorite time because I knew something better was coming, like velvety chocolate cake or deep dish apple pie, something wonderful. So I want people to see me there in that casket with a fork in my hand and wonder, what's with the fork? Then I want you to tell them, keep your fork because something better is coming. Something better is coming. That day is coming when God will do what only God can do. God will dwell among us. God will wipe every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. We will drink from the well of living water. And all things will be made new. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Alpha and Omega, first and last, glory outshining all the lights of heaven, pour out upon us your spirit of faithful love and abundant compassion, so that we may rejoice in the splendor of your works as we wait in expectation for the new heaven and the new earth you promised. When Christ will come again. Amen.